0: Hey everybody and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Comic Obsessive. This is episode, I think it's is it 229, is that right, Adam? Maybe that sounds
1: that sounds right.
0: That's right. Or it might be 10. It might be or 10. 10. It's yeah. one of those. Uh yeah, as always hasn't changed yet. I am Jason DeHart and joining me is I'm Adam piles. And this is a very special edition. They're all special, but This time around on the Comic Obsessive we're talking about the holidays and lots of holidays going on right now. It's December as we're recording this and we are talking about the Batman Adventures holiday special all the way back to 1994. So um, this was my pick and I'll be glad to talk with anybody about Batman the Animated Series and the Batman Adventures. Uh, Adam had you checked out this issue before had you seen this one
1: i had seen it it's it's got a really kind of iconic cover you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and so i don't remember reading it but i definitely recognize that cover and of course i watched the batman adventures the you know the cartoon yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah and i was a i was a fan of the, the comic series as well as a matter of fact i kind of point if anybody ever asked me which no one does but if anyone ever says you know What's what's a good run of Batman that lets me know who the character is? Honestly, I would point them in the direction of the cartoon or mm-hmm. this comic series of Batman Adventures. I
0: kind of feel like,
1: yeah, it yeah. kind of encapsulates who Batman is and his supporting cast and, and rogues gallery and all that.
0: I, I get that question probably at least once a week. Oh, okay you know somewhere at the grocery store at uh, walmart sometimes just in a drive through and i'm with you like uh there are lots of great stories to read i mean you can certainly read uh the night quest saga from the early 90s you can read you know the kelly jones stuff you can jump back to the original bob Kane, uh bill finger kind of stuff but Um, there's definitely just a certain special quality to Batman the Animated Series. And uh, fun fact, I was teaching Boy Scouts a couple of weekends ago and and had some kids of all ages that I was working with with uh, filmmaking and animation. And this series is so popular, I walk in there and I'm talking to a teen and we're talking about animation and I'm like, what's your favorite... You know animated series and this uh guy who i guess is i don't know between the ages of 15 and 17 is like batman the animated series wow you know right here in 2022 and what was really fun about it is you know it's also mine and so i had like an image of steamboat willie on one slide and then i flipped to the next slide and there's the bruce tim edition of batman kind of leaping out of the screen Um, So just, I mean, that alone speaks to the ongoing popularity of that series. And, and of course, the other thing that's happened recently is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, on that series, uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago. About a month ago now, I guess. And so this is is somewhat in, in honor of him and just the amazing cast the amazing group of people that brought together that tv series but also the the comic series that ran parallel to it so yeah i don't
1: think enough can be said for kevin conroy and and his interpretation of batman yeah Uh, i mean you know like when i am reading a batman comic and of course these you know this series of batman adventures of course but like even uh i would say even just other issues of Batman it's kind of, it's his voice I hear in my head it's so I think he did such a great job with the character and okay my memory's going did I send it to you or did you send it to me the little kind of um, it's like a page long strip about yeah, yeah. Uh, did I send that to you or you just did you send it to me about yeah. Batman?
0: Voice. And we might have even seen it at the same time. I I think I might have sent it to you, but okay. Um, okay. yeah. I mean that whole thing of yeah, just the the memorial to him and yeah. Uh,
1: if the if the readers readers if the listeners haven't seen it, it's uh, Batman is meeting with Gordon and Gordon's asking him what's wrong, and then he says or he doesn't say anything. He hands him a uh, a note that says I've, I've lost my voice. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know, maybe some people would consider that cheesy, Uh, but he looks so sad as he hands him that note and Gordon says, I'm sorry. And I think Batman says something like, or, you know, thanks me too. And then like uh, swings away. Yeah, it was just it it got me. I I thought it was such a clever little, you know, um, memorial to to that voice actor and what he did for the character.
0: Yeah. And um, fun fact about him too. Do you, you watch the Arrowverse?
1: Yeah. Not like completely, but yeah, I I know it.
0: Yeah. If you watch the um, sort of the infinity crisis elseworld series, uh, have you seen those where he makes an appearance and he's the sort of the, like Batman beyond Bruce Wayne in the bio suit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: That's great. Um,
0: Yeah. Great to see him having been part of that and I mean just one of many great actors on that show Mark Hamill did things with the Joker that I mean you listen to it and you're like that's Mark Hamill and he continues to to play the voice on different things um that's that's the only thing Mark Hamill ever did though right yeah yeah I mean you know I wish he'd been part of a big franchise yeah uh, He
1: he had the talent but you know like yeah I yeah. think that was his uh, talent debut, right? Was right, the, right, the yeah. In cartoon, yeah.
0: Yeah, and everybody was like, who's this guy? Yeah. Um, I always thought he, he should have been in like a space movie or something. I thought that yeah, could be. I don't be. know.
1: That, I don't know. I think that's a little far-fetched. But... Yeah,
0: well, that that's fair. I do tend to say that about pretty much everybody. I mean, I see a new actor, and I'm like, hmm, space movie for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Like there was this one actor, um, what was his name? Leonard Nimoy, I think. Oh and yeah, I yeah. I could see him in a space role, but right. you know, thats naive,
0: being ridiculous. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes like, you got to second guess yourself.
1: Yeah, but getting back to like the the legacy of that cartoon, mm-hmm. you know, people say that the Batman cartoon and the X Men cartoon from that same basic era were like the the classics and that they have aged gracefully and that they're still wonderful examples of storytelling and those characters i gotta admit like i love x-men so much but Mm -hmm. the batman cartoon aged much better than the x-men cartoon in my opinion yeah Um, yeah it's just it did such a great job Capturing the characters, I thought. But
0: when you look at the character designs, and I mean, in the time frame, this was like 1992, right when the first series yeah. debuted, and it went through multiple changes. There was Batman the Animated Series, and then there was like one where it was him and Robin, yeah. and then there was the Superman Animated Series, and then they brought them together into like the Batman Superman Hour or whatever that was, um, and then they did the entire JLA. So eventually. Uh, everybody pretty much in the DC universe got this treatment, the, what I would call the Bruce Tim treatment right. of being designed in this way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, like fluid style. And, uh, yeah. So this, I mean, 1992 would have been right after, right about the time that Tim Burton did the second Batman, Michael Keaton film. And you can totally see that design come through in especially the Penguin. I mean yeah rather than looking like the sort of the burgess meredith you know classic cobble pot that had been in the comics you had the flippers that were part of that character's aesthetic yeah. in the film you had you know the long hair um so that's kind of one of the things that bled over and, and so many things so many things bled over into that series and there were so many characters that i got introduced to like um you know, at that point in time, I'd been reading comics, but I was still a fan of the big ones that had been in the films. And every now and then you could convince me to be interested in like King Tut or Egghead, you know, from the 1966 series. But that show introduced me to Man Bat, who was in like the first episode. Yeah, that was in... a great episode too. Oh yeah. Uh, Scarecrow <laughs> hadn't yeah. really invested in Scarecrow up to that point. Um, of course, there were characters introduced like Harley Quinn yep. and then Clayface, um, the Mad Hatter, like all of these different characters that were part of issues that I, at that point, I just hadn't read yet. But then yeah. to like assign them that, you know, role through the show.
1: Yeah. And like Mr. Freeze, apparently he was kind of like that. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm not a DC expert, but in the comics, up until that point, Mr. Freeze was just kind of like a mad scientist with like some freezing mm-hmm. gizmo. But here in the uh, and it's actually in this issue as well, which, of course, makes sense. Mr. Yeah. Freeze, a Christmas holiday issue, you know, cold weather. Of mm-hmm. course, that makes sense. But they the cartoon kind of changed him right into a yeah. brooding um, dealing with grief from his wife and everything. Was, was yeah. all of that just through the cartoon?
0: Yeah, the, the cartoon was the the show, the storyline that really introduced that and kind of gave some weight to Mr. Freeze as mm-hmm. a character, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, introduced what the kids call pathos, a lot of pathos to the character. Um, yeah. And you do see that. That's actually one of, well, it is my favorite story in this uh, book, in this collection. It's about 50 pages, and that that's probably the one that stands out to me the most just because I read it. And I think for one thing, you could get the storyline from almost a wordless kind of perspective because the art is so rich. And as I was reading it, I was like, is this, I hadn't, you know, gone back to the main page to see the creative team um, as I was reading through, but I was like, is this Bruce Tim?" And then uh, lo and behold, it was an artist named Glenn Murakami. And I just love how Glenn Murakami captured that style and brought it in. there there are lots of artists that have worked on the comics and lots of artists since um and the comics you know i mentioned some of the the changes with the tv show but this started as the batman adventures and it ran for a couple of years and then whenever the tv show would change the uh, book would change as well so there was then the batman and robin adventures it then became um there was a lost years set of books There was Batman Gotham adventures for a while. There was um, a return in 2003 to about a 20, maybe 22 issue run called the Batman adventures again. And then, uh, well, not again, but you know, using that same name. And then just a couple of years ago, the series came back yet again as Batman, the adventures continue. And it's about to um, next month in January launch into its third run as well so i mean it just it continues
1: yeah i mean there's just something so captivating about this world that they created in 92 you know with that Mm -hmm. kind of art deco style of building and even like the cars it kind of reminded me at the time of the flash tv show which was in
0: 1990
1: Mm -hmm. um it almost kind of seemed a little related to that because that uh, Flash series—I don't know—were you a big fan of that Flash? Yeah,
0: okay. and the, and that Mark Hamill guy was on that show too. He played the maybe Trix. that.
1: I th- okay, maybe that was his be- the beginning of his career.
0: I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay, think so. I think so.
1: Um, but no, that Flash show had like those <laughs> '40s cars and those mm-hmm. murals on the wall that kind of made you think of the forties. And then when you flipped over to the cartoon here in 92 with Batman, it again, those same cars. And by the way, that Batmobile from mm-hmm. the, from the, uh, cartoon, definitely one of the best Batmobiles,
0: the stretch Batmobile. Yeah.
1: It's so simple, but like menacing looking. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love that. Um, I guess what we should probably do is talk about the comic at some point.
0: We we might, we might. Yeah. Um and this is again it came out in 1994, so the same year as another uh landmark issue Batman Mad Love, which has been, you know, a big part okay. of popular culture also yeah. 1994. And so this this little book was an elusive one for me. Because I did collect the entire run as a kid. I no longer have them now, unfortunately. But this was the one book that I was not able to find at my local Walden Books or Kroger or anywhere else. And so the first time I read it was digitally uh, and then eventually found a paper copy. But, yeah, uh, to rediscover it and get to kind of revisit it and recognize some of the storylines was a big deal and so uh, as far as i know this was the only holiday special and in case you're interested in checking this one out it's uh, comprised of a couple of different stories with a couple of different creative teams some of the names are the same Uh, paul dini being one of the people that continues to write uh, in the comics and continues to write with batman the adventures continue And uh, so you'll see his name on multiple stories. We have a brief intro that gets revisited by the end, which we'll talk a little bit about. And then we get to dive into a story that features not Batman, but Batgirl um, and a clay-shaped character, Mm -hmm. Clayface, um, with lots of great art and interesting details in that story. And a little trivia to share your way, assuming that the Internet is true. I'll share a little bit of trivia about that story. Then we jump into a team up that just like mad love has continued to be like the staple in popular culture. It's a Harley and Ivy story. And, uh, you know, sort of the, the love that these two characters have for each other, um, has just really continued to even having Harley Quinn have her own series. Now, um, which is on HBO Max, I think. And then we have White Christmas, which is my favorite, and it's the one that features this almost wordless, really interesting story with art by Glenn Murakami, um, really kind of diving into, in a very brief way, the, the history of the Mr. Freeze character and some of the sadness, some of the pathos. And then we wind up with a story featuring everyone's favorite clown, was that was that close that's pretty good i liked it i tried um what are you doing new year's eve and that's the one that features the wonderfully designed um joker and still yet when i draw this character people say oh that's the classic joker that's the joker they recognize almost immediately from the hair and the the way that he looks and so um which again did you did you tell me your favorite story my favorite was white christmas
1: yeah i i liked uh what are you doing new year's eve Mm -hmm. and then the should old acquaintance be forgot i love the the ending to it because it's i don't know it really captures that kind of holiday spirit of you know it was batman and gordon sitting down and having like a cup of coffee instead of solving a crime and i just I don't know. I, I love that. I, I think it kind of captures the spirit of the season and shows the, the, a different side of the characters that yeah. I always. And it seems like the holiday specials always do that, which is why I'm a huge fan of the holiday specials. Yeah. I, I wanted to have my little jingle bells because as soon as we said it was going to be a holiday special, I was gonna, I was gonna jiggle some some jingle bells. But oh yeah. I don't know where they went. Um, Maybe we can, maybe the, uh, the tech team can add that in.
0: You know, we got like
1: an entire crew. I think we We have, we have a guy just for Jingle
0: Bells. We do. The credits are endless on this show. They really are. I mean, there's an entire team of researchers, uh, tech team. Yeah. And the special effects are incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we pay that guy 40 hours a week on the off chance that we need jingle bells.
0: Yeah. You, know? you would so think that's... we would have more than 10 episodes at this point, but they, they go right. over so well uh, yeah. that we, we don't even have to do that many it's sort of a J.D. Salinger thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to talk about the cover for a second. Oh yeah. Uh, of J.D. Salinger.
1: Uh, no, about the Batman adventure. Oh,
0: oh. oh, right, right, right. Oh yeah. 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 That cover is, uh, something else. Yep.
1: I like it. It's, uh, it's got, you know, it's a black and white image, but, you know, the the red lenses of Mr. Freeze's goggles are on clear display. And I like how it's a flat red. I like how they did not, like, uh, put in some highlights, put in some reflections. It's just a flat red. At least it is on mine. I don't yeah. know if it's okay. Um, and then, of course, you see Batgirl and Batman's reflection and his helmet. But it's just such a striking image with the black, white, and the grays. Um and like his face the way it's angled and the way the light is cutting through like his his jawbone and like tracing his his jawbone and like the lips and everything it's it's like a jagged kind of angular art mm-hmm. I, I guess a lot of this is in and these you know adventure yeah. um this the adventure series but it's so effective it's it's really actually kind of funny because it's simplistic art in one way but the way they do the image and the way it's colored it it does not come across as simplistic at all yeah you know there's such depth to it um but such an effective cover
0: yeah this art style is really i think where i learned to draw like hands in comics yeah um and I still draw hands in sort of the Batman animated style and then check out what the artist did with um barbara gore oh I gave away her secret identity uh yeah. bat nose there i mean the nose is just a little mark uh you know again wow. speaking to like that simplicity I know. but then there's this like nice complexity to the way it's done too yep so
1: effective such an effective art style and I would say it was i don't know let me let me think, would you say that this is kind of like the intro to this art style in comics? Like that kind of, again, it's not super simplistic, but just, just that style. Would, would yeah. you say that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I've really seen anything like that
0: in comics before. And there uh, again, I mean, Bruce Tim is the man for thinking about uh, that, that style and yeah, there, there were lots of great artists on this series and some that continue to to be on the series. Tim Levins was one that picked up with um, Gotham Adventures, and he's currently on Facebook. He just posted, he's been posting a run of uh, art from all of the issues that he did. And then you've got uh, one of my favorites who passed away as well in the 90s, Mike Parabak. Uh, yeah. I, think I, I think I'm saying his name correctly. Um, and you could see some of his art and some of the issues of like JSA, but, uh, Mike Parabek's style in particular was one that I really picked up on as a kid reading these books. Um, and then he passed away just, a not even a full run into the, the issues. Um, and you can still see some of his artwork around, uh, just one of those guys that was gone too soon. Um, and then, um, Kelly Puckett was the writer for a long time. We have writing by, again, Paul Dini. You've got art by people like Bruce Tim, and then writing as well. Uh, Glenn Murakami again. And the lettering. Uh, not enough attention probably goes to the lettering that happens in comics. But Richard Starking's Comic Craft was yeah. the the letterer and just really did amazing things with the presentation of of the way that words appeared the intros when this uh series first launched they would do three sort of mini set stories so you'd have like the intro to the story act one act two and act three to kind of mimic a commercial break that was oh. the way they did yeah the, yeah, the first cool. couple yeah um so really kind of following from that inspiration and then i'm also going to point out scott peterson being the editor because scott peterson went on to be the writer on batman gotham adventures and then uh he's also done a good bit of stuff since then he just had a graphic novel published a couple of years ago called Trucus maximus so oh, lots okay. of lots of creative folks
1: you know this art style also reminds me of um darwin cook do you know mm, yeah i love his art yeah 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 like what it was, it Justice League New Frontier, is that right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was amazing stuff, and it was kind of reminiscent of this of this style. That kind of simple on one hand, but on the other, just <coughs> wonderfully expressive. And, yeah. and, and you know, it does what art, I guess, is supposed to do on at some on some level. It's just kind of capture a mood, you know, and create an atmosphere. You
0: know. Yeah. There's another artist that I like a lot and it's not an exact sort of match with those two styles, but Nick Darrington um is another artist that's done some Batman stuff that I also really enjoy that has a, a little bit of that influence. But you know, I'm also just curious, it would be interesting to know how many comics artists and writers working now in the industry point back to batman the animated series because i know i mean i'm not a professional artist by any means but just sketching something up on my whiteboard for my students i know the style comes through yeah you know it's a it's an imitation which i hope is a form of flattery um would be really interesting to find out and also a few other artists shout outs to people that have worked on this stuff matthew manning um did batman and the mutant ninja turtles teenage mutant ninja Mm -hmm. turtles which drew on that style um and then hold on hold on rick burkett rick burkett was another artist that started early on and carried through some issues as well
1: very nice always good to throw some names out there let the Listeners explore something new. maybe. Yeah.
0: And I mean, in terms of that, uh, tell me if I'm talking too much, but the art, page six, that bottom panel where we get introduced to Clayface. Oh, my goodness. Um, and this is Bruce Timm's art in the first, first story. Um, the trivia that I had to share is that apparently there was some creative decision-making with this first story. The original decision was going to be that Barbara Gordon changed into Batgirl in the midst of a crowd of people, which had apparently been inspired by a Supergirl comic. Um, huh. And so the, the top brass said, no, you can't do that. She has to slip away and change. She can't just, you know, change in that huh. crowd. Um, so I, I did try to find some trivia. I'm always trying to be more like you, Adam.
1: <laughs> Diving deep <laughs> into this stuff. Oh Yeah. <clears throat> I like the panel um, where it's, let's see, what story? It was the one that you like is the Mr. Freeze story. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know. I feel like this panel has been printed often. Um, But the panel where Batman is walking, stalking, I guess, away from the Wayne gravestone. Mm -hmm. And he's down there, like, you know, the cape is wrapped around him. The snow is flying. And yeah. just such an atmospheric. Oh, I just love that that version of Batman, right there. That that's it.
0: And then right above that, you've got Batman with like the there. There was a signature when he would be wounded, which would be that one line of blood, yeah, running down from his nose, which was in, um, on Leather Wings, the first episode of the series. And censors did not like that. They didn't like that there was blood uh-huh. on the on him on the show um so yeah you you definitely got that which i feel like is another part of the animated series like when batman's injured you know it because he's got that one trail of blood um i also really like panels like on the the page before that where you get to see like the sleek design so much so that they reach outside of the panels yeah yeah looking at page 30 this is 33 Mm -hmm. so like batman's foot leaping out um and then mr freeze kind of swinging the ice cannon uh there all the way out of the panel um so yeah yeah definitely that style captures its own essence and then the the whole feel of the harley and ivy story i feel like just captures kind of the mischievous but really deadly nature of those two characters and the way that they play off of each other Yep. Um, and, and you see that they have like this annoying quality just with Bruce Wayne's reaction to their scheme. Um, but you also get to see that they're pretty dangerous too,
1: absolutely. I mean, like when they think Bruce is, you know,
0: uh,
1: when they think Bruce has like fallen down, I guess, the elevator shaft mm-hmm. and Harley says we, we killed him. Oh, well, we were going to do it anyway. No yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, kind of, um, kind of funny that that juxtaposition of like the, the simple imagery, the colorful panels right there. And they're talking about the death of a character
0: mm-hmm.
1: without any hesitation whatsoever, you know? Yeah. I, I like that. I think that's clever. Um
0: You get that, yeah, that animated style, that kind of cartoonishness, but then in line with Batman, I mean, I feel like that's one of the things that made this series great, is you do have a a little bit of that kind of borderline adult theme, um, which is also probably part of why I loved it as a young reader. And you
1: know, the use of shadows all through this art, the use of shadows is so... It's just so good, like mm-hmm. um, the first panel of White Christmas where Batman's standing in like the the wreckage of the of the gel, I guess, and uh, the the way the uh, wreckage, the bricks are cast in shadow and the shadow on Batman, the shadow on the door. It's just mm-hmm. done so well. it kind of reminds me of um, Mike Mcnolo
0: hmm mm-hmm, yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, Because he uses shadows just perfectly. And it can just... Yeah, it's reminiscent of his art. And I guess he would have been... Yeah, he was around at this yeah. time, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. He had just done the comics adaptation of uh Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was the first book that I read that he worked on. And, oh, oh my gosh, we could, we could do a whole side note on that but we'll we'll come back to mike McNola and talk more about him at some other point but mm. yeah you know, that that use of shadow i think of like the animated series and you know that intro um, yeah with the danny elfman music the guy that did the films continues to do film Uh, works on a lot of Tim Burton stuff. And then you see that silhouette of Batman at the end of that intro and lightning flashes and you get to see the details of the design. That's one cool way. But then artists also use his eyes in interesting ways. Yeah. Like this design of Batman with the very fluid, uh, almost like the Uh the, Spider-Man movie eyes. Um, There's an episode where he's fighting Ra's al Ghul and he steps on this dais thing that like rotates down and it's a trap and there are like spikes underneath it. And you, the next frame is from like the bottom of the pit up as I think it's Descartes is, is trying to see if they succeeded in killing Batman. And you just see like the darkness of the disc. And then those two white eyes like open up and it's like, Oh, he, he survived. He's on the other side of that rotating dais. I think that's called a dais. We might have to get our research team on that. But yeah, know, the, I mean, the the shadows, the design of the characters. Um, and they, they went on to redesign these characters and make them even sleeker. But there's a part of me that really appreciates these original designs and um, the use of color.
1: I agree. I agree. Now, one of my favorite Batman movies, and there's been a few. Right. There had,
0: yeah. He he seems to be the character that DC just does well with. So hopefully, yeah. James Gunn continues that tradition.
1: Yeah, but one of my favorite Batman movies is um, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm.
0: Yes, yeah. Have you yeah, ever yeah. watched yeah. that? Yeah, and read the comics adaptation. Yeah, yeah.
1: That was so good. My like, God, again, it's just a perfect interpretation or representation of of Batman as a character. I I just thought it was so great.
0: Yeah. And that movie, unfortunately (laughs) it did not do well in the theaters. There's an interview with Mark Hamill where um, he's saying like he went to see it on, I don't know, Christmas or new year's or sometime. And he was like one of the two people in the theater or something. That's crazy. Um, Yeah. But such a great one. And I mean, yeah just just a a great way to capture that character and that phantasm character goes back to like the batman year one um with the reaper character i think that's the name of that character that's introduced um in that series yeah so um just just really really an interesting history that comes with that show and i think I think this was the only series, and I might be wrong about this, but I think it was the only series that I actively subscribed to as oh. a kid. Oh yeah. I, I did not want to miss an issue of yeah. this series, and and even when it changed hands into you know the different iterations of what it would be, I always wanted to kind of follow it. And so much so that when it was announced that the books were coming back in 2020, that was one of the things that I did during the early days of the pandemic was you know start to read these new issues and um for those listeners out there and readers that want to check out those stories you know they've started to kind of pull back some of the batman stories from about the past 10 years or so and recast them in this animated style is it a ploy to sell action figures maybe Mm -hmm. but nevertheless it works for me so you've got like a, a version of asriel you know, the Night Quest Batman in yeah. animated style. You've got um, Deathstroke. You've got a storyline with him. You've got the whole um, Death of Robin story arc, the Red Hood kind of story arc. And then they did, it was just like a two-issue thing, but they did a version of the Court of Owls that worked really well, too. Wow. Yeah. So nice. it just it continues.
1: That's really cool. And I I was a fan of the Superman cartoon. I didn't watch it as much as the Batman. But, I, you know, anytime it was on and I could catch it, I definitely made that effort because, you know, same style, but, of course, much lighter in, in tone and everything. But, yeah. I mean, I liked both the cartoon and the comic that came from that as well.
0: Yeah, the Metallo was one of my favorite character designs from that. Yeah. and Livewire voiced by Lori Petty. Yeah. Um and, and you know just like Kevin Conroy, I mean they found the one of the perfect potential voices for Superman and that was Tim Daly. Um the man who is the wind beneath my um how does that go? wind wind beneath my wings. What? Oh yeah, yep, yep, wings, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. every time I watch an episode of Wings, I'm like that's Superman right there. Yep.
1: There was one artist, and I guess we're getting away from our, our issue here. There was one artist on the Superman Adventures that blew me away when I was reading it. Because I I have the DC Unlimited app. Mm-hmm. Is it DC Unlimited? No, it's Marvel Unlimited and DC
0: Universe. Is that right? Universe. Okay. Yeah. Uh. No. No paid promotions here, but yeah, those are both cool.
1: Uh, let's see, I'm trying to find him. I don't think I'd be able to pronounce his name if I did find it. So maybe, uh, maybe we should stop looking, but <clears throat> anyway, the, the Superman adventures had some, some fantastic art too. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, the, uh,
0: the creator that I really liked that worked on those was Scott McLeod and i mean that guy um is the author illustrator of understanding comics which is like the comic book about comics to go to and created a web series called zot so uh that's the first person that i think of with the superman adventures was scott mcleod and he's done cool stuff since then too He has a really good book for adult readers called the sculptor
1: yeah yeah he, his stuff is great um I see Mr. Miracle here with the in the Superman adventures and I don't know i think uh if I looked back through enough of these, I would probably say, Yeah, if you want superman look in look in these Superman adventure comics um
0: yeah it does they, such a, such a good job. They capture the essence they really do. And that top panel on page 23 in the holiday special. I mean, Batman leaping out. Uh, I chose an image very much like that for the talk I did about animation. And I mean, just the the sleekness of the style, you get those action lines um, reaching out of the panel and and just the way the character is designed and the different ways that the character can work. if you were to meet a person like this in life and their chest was this big and their waist <laughs> was that small, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it works really well for this particular design. So,
1: yeah, we talked about shadow, but the coloring too, like the more simplistic coloring is just so beautiful too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I'm looking on page 42 where Batman's talking to Gordon and there. uh, in front of that red background it's just such an effective use of color too you know just that style yeah Yeah.
0: but yeah definitely and can you read the dialogue of the joker in uh let me make sure i get the the name of that story what are you doing new year's eve i mean can you read that and not hear the voice of mark hamill
1: yeah it's kind of impossible isn't it
0: yeah i mean just, just amazing. And, and Batman, the killing joke, the animated film that came out a couple of years ago, again, one for adult readers. I've never been a great big fan of that story It's just a right, little yeah. bit dark for me. Yeah. Um, but the things that Mark Hamill did with his performance in, in that film too, are also really strong. Yeah. Well,
1: um, do we have anything more to say about Batman adventures?
0: Check it out. I'm going to be reading more issues. I'll be checking out season three of the Batman adventures continue, uh, or continues, continue the Batman adventures, Batman, the adventures continue. There you go. There you go. Be checking that out in January. Um, just, just a really cool book. And I'm glad I could finally track it down. I'm so glad that, uh, Things like comiXology exist so that we can have ready-made access to some of the stuff that we weren't always able to get. So it's
1: very cool. Absolutely. Well, I think I might go ahead and plug what we're going to do next. How's that sound? Plug away. Plug it up. So uh, the next time we meet to discuss, to do our little podcast here... I suggested David Michelinie and Todd McFarlane's uh, Spider-Man run, and of course, we'll concentrate on a few issues, or one issue maybe, uh, specifically to that to kind of limit us about what we are talking about. But there there will definitely be a discussion about the kind of uh, you know an overview of Michelinie and McFarlane's uh, Spider-Man run because it was very influential to me that was like the, the sweet spot for me growing up when i probably started having enough money to to buy a comic on my own here and there and yeah uh so did you have any experience with the Michelini and McFarlane spider-man
0: oh, there was of course there's the classic cover uh of spider-man on the webbing i can't remember which issue that was right now in my head um there was that take on the character that I remember really well or not really well, since I don't remember the issue number. Um, and then, I mean, the things that McFarlane did with venom were very, yeah. very cool as well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Well, uh, I think we've,
0: we've done enough damage for tonight. So, uh, I hope we've honored the, the Batman adventures holiday special. It's very special to me. Yep. And And nice to revisit here around the holidays.
1: And Kevin Conroy, you will be missed. I would say this uh, episode is in honor of you. Um, So I guess we will say stay
0: obsessive and uh, peace out. Peace out and stay obsessive.